You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. Greetings, bonjour, hello, kare. What was that? Kare. Was that Greek? Yes, kare. Very nice. Kare? Kyrie. Cool. If I was going to call you brother, it would be Kyrie Anthrope. Nice. Yeah. I like that. There you go. Well, I remember it. fun. When I listen to this podcast again. (laughs) (laughs) I promise I'll be like, I'll be listening. Future self is listening and like saying it along with you like, yes, commit to memory. Know this word. How you doing? (laughs) (laughs) I'm good. I'm well. Feel fine. Good stuff. I'm trying to describe a sensation and describing sensations doesn't work. You have to describe the stimuli that provoke that sensation. I feel Uh, like generally, you know, I think I am. But do you know that feeling when it's chilly outside? The morning is crisp. Yeah. And there's... Not only the vague scent of, we talked about this recently too, autumn leaves, Mm, you know, crispy, crunchy autumn leaves and that scent. But then also like in the distance, the vague scent of like a dryer exhaust, like someone drying their clothes and you get like the vague scent of dryer exhaust too. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yeah. I just have a feeling when that happens. (laughs) Like I just, I do. Like I just, it's like, oh, I'm going to sit down in a big comfy chair in front of a big fire Mm. with a hot drink and a big book Yeah, and just have at it. That's the feeling. That is the sensation. I have those mornings sometimes on a Sunday. This is one of my favorite times where it really comes out. On the early Sunday morning, I get to church and someone in the area has already started using like their wood burning stove. I can smell it. I'm like, yes, thank you. Yes. We're here. Bless ye. Bless ye. Oh, it's such a good feeling. Yeah. I'm trying to enjoy autumn more. Trying to think less and less about, oh, winter's coming behind it, which it is, but just not let that, you know, rob the joy of autumn. Advent is coming. And I do... I do like Advent. It is my favorite. I think it's my favorite season of the church calendar. Favorite, most inconveniently placed season. (laughs) Just move to the other side of the world where it's a little warmer during the, you know, just have a nicer, nicer Advent or whatever. Mm. So, but all is well with you. All is well with me currently, presently, at this moment in time. Yeah, that's true. I mean, you don't know what a day will bring. I don't. I, I have confidence in this one, though. I have no alarm bells in the distance. Yeah. It is interesting how you have a day planned and you think, oh, all these things and nothing crazy. And then, you know, I'm just, I'm bracing myself because it's like, oh yeah, you know, that, that could be the case. And then, <laughs> yeah, you know, true that's too. just my existentialist <laughs> problems, you know. I will say sometimes though, it's like a treat when I'm like, I think this is what I'm doing. This is kind of the plan. And then something like new enters the fray. I'm like, oh, new project to work on. Generally speaking, mm. that's a good feeling. Oh, I'm like, yeah. oh, cool. That's like a little surprise of a project I get to take on. I need to take that attitude to life not that's a much that better way. attitude it's not always that way <laughs> sometimes the email comes through and it's like i'd rather die <laughs> you get you get some email <laughs> yeah it's, oh my uh, god it's like i have to make a phone call yeah i'm a millennial i don't want to <laughs> i know there's nothing more in the world that i don't want can i text you can i can i do anything else is there any other way facetime yeah. facetime video like something i please? i think like when when companies are like have the live chat option kind of underrated mm, when yeah. it's good it's actually very helpful yeah like yeah excellent jump in there yeah type your little question no awkwardly like accidentally talking at the same time I'm like oh I'm, I'm sorry you go first yeah no you first you first well, well i do you know what the problem is i get like really if i have to read out like my spell out my email address or like read out my card number i'm like oh yeah if you're not saying it back to me i'm not 100 percent sure you're getting it right yeah you know like, i want you to make sure did i enunciate well because that's on me it's on me yeah but did i and then i said you know b did i mean p you yeah. know and did you write it down correctly we didn't double check i didn't mm. give you like 
B, B for Bravo B or in Blitzkrieg. <laughs> well, yes, that's my favorite. B is in the Blitzkrieg. C as in coming to Normandy to invade. <laughs> D as in darn, look at all these allied soldiers. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, it's. I was very un. That's really good, Blitzkrieg. I almost want to use that for when I do that thing now. You can't get that one wrong. Yeah, yeah. that's really. I feel like that's a that's a showstopper right there. Like B for Blitzkrieg. Like oh wow, yeah. Oh yeah. That's good. So anyway, yeah. Here we are. I don't know what that had to do with anything. But. <laughs> Just our normal opening banter. Yeah. No big deal at all. Well, on a completely different note, we recently did discuss one of the key ways we live the Bible, so to speak. Not just read it, not just understand it intellectually, but live it out, you know, actually do what it says, which is important. Yes, ought to do it, ought to do that. And of course, that was the confession of sin. But if we stop there, it's a pretty depressing place to be. Mm, Yeah, it's fair. Would not want to stop a confession. That's just kind of bleak, you know? That's no fun. And so thankfully... There is much more to living out the scriptures than merely confessing our sins. Mm. And in fact, as we read the Bible, we find that God has made, in the words of St. Peter, precious promises to us and for us that we can take hold of by the hand of faith that make an enormous, to put it mildly, difference in our lives, great sources of comfort and assurance and hope and strength. And that is going to lead us to our next step in applying the principles and truths of the Bible and our discussion topic for this episode of the podcast, which is living out the truth of the Bible when we trust and act on specific promises. Yeah, well, it would be pretty cool to see something come to fruition and not just a scathing account of my sins. <laughs> It'd be nice to take a step further. (laughs) Oh, I don't know about you, Ethan, but I just personally enjoy when I feel like I'm constantly scolded for what I am doing wrong. (laughs) My own mind does it to me. (laughs) You know, that's just... No, I'm kidding. The irony irony of that really, though, is like when you're describing like, it's pretty bleak. I'm thinking to myself, but it's also pretty healing. (laughs) I'm I'm bringing out this weird silver lining. (laughs) Which is a good silver lining. It is a good... It actually is healing. So, but yeah, because I mean, you know, sure. Well, it's like confessing our sins. Like, it's one thing to say, oh, yeah, I'm a sinner and I'm sorry. Okay. Yeah, we get it. So, yeah, sure. On that same note, it's wonderful to say things like, I know I can trust in God. Yeah. Isn't that neat? You know, like, cool. Yeah, of course. That's a great cross stitch. Yeah, that's a great. (laughs) Put that on your autumnal throw pillow and throw it, you know. (laughs) Uh, But we haven't actually done demonstrated our trust Mm. until we act on something more specific that actually, you know, requires us to put that trust into action, right? So it's another example of where we need to move from the general, I trust in God, to the specific, I trust God by believing and acting on this specific promise from his word. Yeah. It's interesting because I don't know what like our next part to come has in store, but this is like yet the second time we're taking something from the theoretical and it's like, hey, what if you have to practice that? Yeah. Ooh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tricky how that works, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, so for instance, to go back to our last episode on this topic, mm. where we referenced 1 John 1, 8 through 9, which is, if we confess our sins, which is a admonition to confess your sins, as yeah. a matter of fact, specifically. But you take that, it's not only an exhortation to confess our sins, it's also a promise. Because if we confess our sins, what has God promised to do? 
to forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. That's a promise. That was well planned. It's well structured. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you very much for that. You know, it's very convenient when those two happen to, you know, exist together. They go together like Cool Ranch Doritos and... Anything else that you want with a snack? I don't know. They do pretty much. <laughs> really try to think of that on the fly, you know. <laughs> but but that's exactly to the point, you know. Forgiving us our sins and purifying us from all unrighteousness. Yeah, that is something ultimately only God can do for us. Because if someone is listening and thinking, well, but like other people forgive us our sins if we confess to them, which is true, they either do or don't forgive our sins, but not in the same way God does. Yeah, and they cannot purify us from all unrighteousness. Like that's not something they can do. Right. So only God can do that. And to trust that promise is to realize we cannot perform enough penance or do enough good works to earn forgiveness. Yeah. Which that is a constant, believe it or not, temptation, I'll at least say for me. Oh, absolutely. And I deal with people a lot who I think feel that same way. Mm-hmm. And if we try to earn forgiveness, I think about what that actually is saying, because it sounds very humble and holy. And we don't say we're earning forgiveness, no. but in so many words, we're acting that way, you know, like, oh, I need to do more of this. And and there is a difference between like, I'm going to make amends for my sins, but that has nothing to like, that's not your price to pay to earn God's forgiveness. Right. And so if we do think that way, what we're basically saying is I actually don't trust God's promise here. Mm. I don't believe him. We demonstrate our trust in God by confessing our sins and then actually believing he'll fulfill that promise. Mm -hmm. Like when he wants to soothe our conscience and say, no, like I've forgiven you, you know, and I'll forgive you 70 times, 70 times. That's how we do that is by simply saying like, okay, I believe that. Yeah. And it makes God look glorious when we do trust him to fulfill those kinds of promises that only he can fulfill. Mm -hmm. That actually is what makes him look amazing in the eyes of the world or show it another way. Using a story my father has shared a few times before in his preaching. When we were little kids, he would ask us to jump into his arms from certain heights. You know, so you get my sister Jenna, for example, running around on the playground contraptions at the Nutterfort Park, all crazy, and he'd stand beneath her. You know, she's up on some thing, and he's like, hey, holds his arms up, jump into my arms. I'll catch you. And so the question then is, how is Jenna going to demonstrate that she actually trusts my dad? You know, like if she says, I trust you, dad, and then is like, but I'm going to take the slide down. (laughs) But do you? Yeah. You know, she demonstrates her trust in him by actually jumping into his arm. That's how you do it. You're demonstrating trust in such a way that it's not taking a leap of faith into an unknown darkness. Yeah. It's, oh, I know my father can be trusted. And so I'm going to fall into his arms. Yeah. I think like these examples are so excellent because it helps me correct a kind of like counterproductive thought when I approach this. It's like, do I trust God? Of course, I say from the realm of comfortable theory. (laughs) Of course. Abstract possibility. (laughs) But like the picture my imagination actually paints when you say like trusting God and what that's supposed to look like in practice, it's actually this really dramatic, terrifying situation. (laughs) Oh, it has to be, right? Right. Because that's really where it comes to life. Yeah, that's the only... Only opportunity you have to actually trust God. (laughs) Exactly. So if my instinct is to imagine trusting God as something that requires like extreme 
extreme risk or financial <laughs> ruin yeah. or like medical crises. Yeah. <laughs> the idea of practicing trust is not appealing anymore. Right. Like, oh, but do I have to, Lord? <laughs> exactly. It's like, let's just keep it theoretical. Why yeah. not? <laughs> and sure, it's applicable in all of the situations. Absolutely. Right. But right. if I only imagine this in the catastrophic, I think it's easy to forget that it also looks like knowing he's just to forgive our sins. Yes. Our trust is strengthened when we learn that it is a safe thing to trust his word. And, yes. And like, how much does that even reinforce and strengthen your trust when you are in those extreme situations? Because yes. like, God forbid they happen, but right. there's a chance you'll encounter one of them. Right. So it's like funny how that works. Yes. And you kind of build your, uh, to use like a crude metaphor, but like your trust muscles, you know, <laughs> by like doing like the little things, yeah. right? If someone said, go bench press your Jeep, you know, it it's like, you. yeah, like I'm not, I can't do that, you know, but it's like, oh, like you can start small and yeah. then, you know, I mean, could you ever bench press your Jeep? I don't know. But like with supernatural strength, you know, <laughs> you know, if you're, if your child's being crushed by the Jeep and you have to have the adrenaline to lift it, you know, <laughs> right. but I'll take an example from my own life of how trust in like a little situation can work aside from something like the forgiveness of sins. So, you know, let's say you read your Bible and as part of your reading plan for the day, you're in the prophet Isaiah and you're in chapter 41 and you read verse 10 where God is speaking through the prophet and says, so do not fear for I am with you and do not be dismayed for I am your God. I will strengthen you and help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. So there's plenty to be afraid of in the world, right? Because I mean, it's, it's, it's just how the world is, right? You know, lots to be afraid of. Sure. And the world promises to calm our fears in a number of forms. You know, we can forget our fears through drugs. We can repel our fears through a stockpile of money, right? We can battle our fears through political leaders and on and on and on. And the problem, of course, is that none of these ultimately make good on their promises. Like, if I rely on money to beat back my fear, I'll then worry about losing all my money. And if I rely on drugs, well, that's obviously going to have some pretty drastic effects on you. My political leaders, can they be trusted? No, no, they cannot. (laughs) Put not your trust in princes, the psalmist says, put not your trust in politicians. So none of those make good on their promises on an ultimate level. Mm. And the high never lasts, the money's never enough, political leaders don't follow through. But most people trust them anyway, because where else are you going to go? Who else is making that offer? Exactly. But then we read Isaiah 41.10, and God says, if you are of my people, I'm here to tell you, don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. Don't don't get into a panic. And then the question, well, why? How? And he says, because I'm with you. I will strengthen you. I will uphold you. And the God of all creation has promised that he is present with his people in the midst of the most frightening circumstances and the most mundane, to your point. Yeah. And so, okay, again, okay, how do I demonstrate my specific trust in that promise? You know, aside from like, okay, like, I I guess I won't, you know, get addicted to drugs or I won't put my faith, you know, like my saving faith in a politician or whatever. Okay. Well, one quote unquote mundane example would be you demonstrate your trust in that promise by not running away from something that frightens you. Mm. And for example, and this may seem silly, but on the weekends that I am preaching, Mm -hmm. in the moments right before I ascend the steps of the platform to preach, that is a moment of utter terror. That is like bleak, you know, and I love preaching. Like that's like, it's my job. It's my vocation. I love it. It's one of my favorite things in all the world to do. But there is this bleak moment of abject terror, I feel. Every time, even though I've I've been doing this for almost a decade now, (laughs) that has not gone away. I still feel like my heart is going to like, not just go out of my chest, it's going to come up through my throat and then, you know, (laughs) and so... I'd be bolting out the door before 
video announcements are finished if I just was like, I'm just going to follow that feeling and just, yeah. you know, like, yep, yeah, I'm not doing this. Mm -hmm. This is awful. And so right before the lights come back up and as I am ascending the steps to the platform, I just lay hold of that promise. I literally recite it to myself. I say, don't need to be afraid. God is with me. I do not need to be dismayed because he is my God. He's with me. He will strengthen me. He will uphold me. Hmm. And I'm going to walk up here and preach, trusting that he's going to keep that promise. And every time he has. Yeah. And I get it. That sounds so like, well, yeah, like, uh, like that doesn't sound like that big a deal. But like, that's exactly where you learn to practice these things. To your point, it's like, yeah. if you're not going to do it in the little things, why do you think <laughs> you're suddenly going to do it in the bigger ones? Seriously. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's the same thing. Like you jokingly alluded to the fact earlier, you know, millennials and phone calls. Like <laughs> I have to make a number of phone calls. I don't want to make yeah, like they like have to like i know this is going to be a tough conversation right yeah. like aside from you know like i just don't like <laughs> like the normal stuff like i don't want to call the doctor's office like yeah. like there are times where, like i'm gonna have to pick up the phone dial this number and this is going to be a tough conversation that i don't want to have and it's like oh. yeah. like you know fear might be a strong word and yet it's like no i don't want to do it like i'd rather not i'd rather just go the other direction mm. and again that's an opportunity to be like all right here's a promise god made he says i don't need to be afraid or dismayed because he's with me and he's going to uphold me. Like, it's going to be, you know, okay, ultimately. Yeah. And so I can do this. Like, even if it doesn't go like, great. Exactly. The promise is not, you're going to preach the most amazing sermon anyone's ever heard. No, exactly, or yeah. the phone conversation's going to go perfectly. Yeah. The promise is God is with you. Mm -hmm. So you are safe, ultimately. You know, it, things may hurt, but they can't harm. Yeah. Right? And you demonstrate that trust by actually walking into even the little, big, whatever it is, the things that would then frighten you. And then so on with all the promises of God. You know, you take a promise in scripture, whatever it is, that's how you do it. So there you have it. Hmm. Trust and then laying hold of those promises. Well, hey, thanks as always for listening. If you found this content helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review, we won't expect you to promise to do that. But if you want to, you know, yeah. you can do that. That'd be great. And as always, if you have any questions on this or any other topic, feel free to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Thank you again as always for listening and we will catch you next time.